Welcome to the Data Bites podcast by Women in Data, where we give you your weekly bite-sized dose of career development advice, industry case studies, and career stories to help you excel in your data career. Today, I'm chatting with Neha Medhaven, who is a business analyst working at Formula One Motorsports. With a background in IT, she broke the mold to create her own path by moving to Paris to get a degree in project management and then moved to London and entered a male-dominated industry in motorsports. Today, she continues to lead the way and is on a mission to encourage others to feel empowered enough to break away from the labels given to them and create the life they desire. Neha, welcome to the Data Bytes podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Um, it's honestly a pleasure for me to be here. Um, I've observed the women and data community from afar uh, and been very inspired by this community. So a chance to connect with them this way makes me feel really happy and yeah, happy to be here. Well, you are always welcome in the women in data community, and I'm happy to be having this conversation with you today because your story is really inspiring in terms of how you've done a lot of self-work and self-analysis and broken the molds and the labels given to you. And I think that's a challenge we all have as individuals and more particularly women working in tech industries of, you know, how do we pick up the labels that are really good for us and how do we let go of the ones that no longer serve us? So I'd love to go into a little bit more about your journey because you started off in IT, but quickly it felt like some of the things within IT were not sitting right and diverted to your own path. So can you share a little bit more about what that journey looked like for you? Uh, definitely. So uh, my nationality is Indian. That's where I was born and raised in India, which is where I did my bachelor's in information technology engineering. Um, and then I decided that I was not really feeling the coding aspects of it. I really felt bogged down in terms of creativity because I wasn't really, I've always been a people person, but you know, uh, that sort of um, engineering vibe really did not fit with me. So I thought, you know, why not uh, shift and pivot a little bit and then go into project management, which is what I pursued my master's in, in Paris. So that was quite a long move from India to Paris, uh, where I specifically um, worked closely with information systems and IT project management. Um, so during the course of that master's, uh, I was able to do an internship that explored data science and data analytics um, in further detail. So that's when I came to the realization again that I did not feel restricted to any particular industry. Um, and so I've been a fan of Formula One ever since I was a little kid, uh, you know, with my brother as fans, we've really enjoyed the sport all our lives. And um, since I sort of, you know, stepped out of that comfort zone in terms of trying for certain industries only, I then came across the opportunity in the careers page and just went ahead with it, um, you know, and once I applied for it based on merit, I got into the industry. Um, and yes, as you said, uh, I've had all of these labels, you know, sort of restrict me um, most of my life. And as a kid as well, I was a pretty lost kid in terms of what I wanted to achieve academically. And, you know, in terms of the subjects I was good at, I was, you know, happy to to sort of get stuck in, but um, there are certain aspects when it comes to IT engineering that, you know, you get told that you need to be great at maths or, you know, great at a certain, you know, subject to be really good overall and be successful overall. 
which is something that I'm, you know, <laughs> challenging every day because I'm not someone who's um, so great in maths. And, you know, that's sort of uh, been society's brand for me <laughs> as I was growing up, you know, thinking that, okay, you won't make a successful software engineer. But I did make a successful business analyst, which is great. So, yeah, I think it's all about all of the opportunities that exist um, within the industry um, as a whole. Yeah, and I love your story, too, because as you mentioned, you felt a lot of pressure to maybe stay within IT or be some type of software engineer. And you're willing to take the chance and be like, hey, this just really isn't what makes me happy. And I think there may be another path for me. And that path led you not only to a career in analytics, but more importantly, working for a company that sounds like you really loved as a child. And I think that's the beautiful thing about data is you can really work in any industry when you have these skills. So, you know, as a kid, would you believe, you know, as you watched Formula One racing on TV that like you soon would be working for Formula One? If somebody would have told you that as a kid, what, what would you have said? <laughs> um, no, I would just have told them that they were talking nonsense you know because um honestly um as a kid um what i always believed about formula one as an industry is obviously it is male dominated but also that um it, it you need like a certain sort of spe specialization or you know degree in automotives and motorsport to be you know to even try for opportunities within the industry uh which still remains the case with a lot of women actually they're still hesitant to even apply for job roles because that's the general idea surrounding this industry. So definitely growing up as a kid, I would have never in a million years thought that, you know, I could, could be in this position that I am today. Uh, but I guess, you know, at the end of the day, following your heart really helps. Sometimes, most of the times it might not be reasonable or you may not be able to explain it, you know, rationally, but uh, it might end up being the most rational and the most uh, reasonable thing for you and, you know, for your career and for your mental health, which, you know, is, is what's the most important at the end of the day. And that's how I'm working my dream job, quite literally. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that, that would be um, something that, you know, uh, required a lot of courage as well, because they're not, you don't see many people making these pivots every day. Um, so yeah, I think um, that's been, that's been my journey <laughs> into motorsports. So when you were going through, you got this signal, hey, I need to divert from IT and you listened to your heart and you followed your heart. And now, you know, it's easy to go back and look and say, yes, that was the right decision, right? Because you're in your dream career, yeah. you're working for a company that you love and an industry that you're very passionate about. But there may be a lot of listeners, because I've been at this point too, where you made the decision to follow your heart, but you haven't seen the end results yet, right? And so there may be feelings of fear and anxiety of like, how did I make the right decision? So if you're in that moment of the in-between time where like you've made the decision to follow your heart, and you're diverting your path from what you think is the standard way, you haven't seen the end results yet. How do you stay motivated and confident and optimistic in that time? Because that seems like half the battle. So what did you do during that time that really helped you break through to finally get to where you want to be today? 
Um, so, so just to give a, a bit of context for the listeners as well. So um, what I did was I immigrated from one country to another. So I was already an immigrant uh, and supported by my parents financially for my education, of course. And I come from a middle class background. So there are all of these um, societal labels that I am, you know, um, in the circumstance of dealing with on my day to day, apart from, you know, doubting my decisions. So there were these two huge aspects of, you know, doubts in my brain. But um, I think the way that I, I sort of tackle this is really by inspiring that sense of empowerment and freedom within myself. Because I know that my reality is putting so many constraints on me on a day-to-day basis. I also graduated during peak pandemic season, which wasn't a good time for, you know, the job market as such. And the job searches were horrible. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners would associate with that. And um, yeah, so um, I think it was a constant battle, definitely, to to find and create this sort of um, sense of empowerment and self-belief. And the way that I handled it was you know, um, I got to the point where I felt extremely saturated, you know, I wasn't finding creativity in what I did. And so I wanted to pivot. So when I sat down, and I sort of just listed down my set of skills and talents, and you know, what I was good at, what I was willing to work on. And when I wrote this list down, I didn't find brown or immigrant or woman in that list, you know, like, I did not find these labels in that list. And that's when I realized that, you know, my identity, only a part of it is all of these things, but society does that enough for you on a day-to-day basis, you know, like really limit you in terms of what you can and cannot achieve and what your potential is and what is achievable for you. So society does that enough. I think you need to sort of, you know, fight to change that, you know, fight to change that sort of thinking about your own self. And that's what I've done um, time and time again for myself because um, I did not have much direction in terms of, you know, oh, uh, someone coming and someone from my community coming and telling me that, hey, you know, like you've, you've, you've made the right decision, you know, um, and words of encouragement like that. Um, so it, it was tough, really, you know, to not be able to depend on community. But I think that's one of the things that really pushed me to learn more about myself. And that's where I sort of, you know, regenerate the sort of passion and desire to do what I want to do, um, despite of what's already been done and taking inspiration from that. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, that's my journey. So today you are at Formula One and you have mentioned that with motorsports, a lot of the perception is that you need to have a degree in mechanical engineering or automotive, right? But actually you found there's a lot of data problems that are worked on in motorsports. What are some of these problems that you see? How how is motorsports using data today? Um, So I would uh, broadly categorize this into two different uh, bits. So one being the car performance related problems and the other one being business process related problems. So when it comes down to the car uh, performance problems, so the idea of what we're trying to achieve in a Formula One um, competitors um, industry is that we're trying to make the car go faster. And so we have a lot of um, data that comes out from the car that could be analyzed to you know, achieve that goal. Um, so that of course has its own set of field experts who are really well versed in you know, motorsports engineering, automobile engineering, and you know, the other bits. So they're very well versed in that. And then you have your set of data experts 
right, who are trained to analyze and visualize data and, you know, make it easier to understand and also, you know, help in different ways, like starting from capturing data to storing it, managing it, um, analyzing and visualizing data. So all of these um, things that you would find in um, any company in terms of the IT department, you would also find in Formula One. Um, the difference would be that they work in unison with um, these field experts so that they can build processes that, you know, really help optimize existing systems and also help innovate new ones. Because you have these data experts who come in with um, very vast knowledge of what's trending currently, the latest, you know, AI, ML um, algorithms and, you know, different bits that really help um, the field experts see the data in a different way. So I think that's what's the most beautiful bit about this is, you know, that cross-functional collaboration that you have going on to solve these F1 problems. So, um, yeah. So in regards to motorsports, what excites you most about analytics in this space? Is it the business side of things? Is it the actual data from the vehicle? Where do you, what space of this world do you love to play in? Um, so my job role at the minute is to deal with the data that comes off of the business processes. So it's to analyze the existing processes within the team and, you know, find spaces where we can optimize and enhance it. So Formula One as a whole, um, as an industry for decades now, have been pioneers in, you know, innovative technologies in the automotive industry. So um, there are plenty of exciting opportunities within the industry, I would say, you know, starting from um, data engineering to data analytics to business intelligence and, you know, um, even data management such as ERP systems and, you know, data architecture. So there's so many things that, you know, um, interest me. Honestly, it's a very, very fast paced and, you know, high functioning field where, you know, you have to really apply yourself day to day. And it's very dynamic as well, because we have a FIA changing the rules every now and then. And so we sort of have to adapt to those changes. So um, I would say any um, individual who is very highly motivated and enthusiastic about data can definitely find their footing within the industry and enjoy themselves while they work. Um, so yeah, part of my job is working with the Power Platform team, uh, which is a Microsoft suite. Uh, Microsoft is also one of our sponsors. So we have several sponsors working with us as well. Um, so you get to sort of collaborate with so many different departments. And uh, my team in particular, we've collaborated with Aero, with quality, with engineering departments, with, you know, transport and project delivery departments within the team. So there's a lot of scope for um, cross-functional um, work, which was what excites me the most about it. I think, you know, in terms of people management, stakeholder management, and, you know, really getting your hands into the beginning and end of, of, of different processes. So you can spend time with every department learning of their processes and sort of supporting them in these functions to help them do those things better. So, um, yeah, I think the opportunities really in terms of data are endless right now um, within the industry. Um, and it makes me very hopeful for the future. Yeah, it's exciting to hear that the opportunities are endless. And as you mentioned, if you want to get into this industry, really just having a solid background in 
your data domain, whether that be data engineering, data architecture, data analysis, data science, we can pretty much throw data on top of any title and there's a exactly. title for it now. Yeah. <laughs> do, you also, do you have any additional advice for people looking to get into motorsports? Maybe they've been a lifelong fan of Formula One racing forever. Um, is having being a fan and having those data skills enough or what's kind of your recommended pathway for those people? Um, I would say that even individuals from pure um, data backgrounds or IT backgrounds can definitely find their footing here. Um, so mostly in terms of like um, the car performance itself, that's where the field experts are required. But in terms of business processes, you could be from any industry, really, uh, if you're in the production or like, you know, um, manufacturing industries, you can still find your way into it. So um, really, um, it's, it's an oyster. You can really uh, look to find very specific um, job roles as well um, within the industry. So, yeah, I would say definitely don't be hesitant to, to go in and apply for these roles because, you know, um, oftentimes I think that's another thing with uh, people uh, looking for jobs within the, this industry in particular is uh, they already limit themselves. There's this like mindset that always goes to the negatives like, you know, oh, uh, this, this and this, uh, the, these are the requirements and I do not fit any of these labels. So I'm going to reject myself. You know, I'm not going to take the first step even. So um, my advice always is let the employer do the analysis for you. You know, like if you are really passionate about the industry and you know you want to work in it I'm pretty sure that sort of passion and desire does not go un unnoticed you know that enthusiasm um, is what you know we're looking for as well in individuals and um, long time you know fans of the sport could have brilliant analytical skills that you know we could really benefit from so I think it's sort of about removing that stigma and going ahead and applying for these job roles and you know putting yourself out there. Yeah, see, way too often we self-select ourselves out of a process before we even give ourselves the opportunity um, to get rejected, right? And I think a lot of that probably yeah. comes to a fear of rejection, right? No, none of, yeah. Rejection doesn't feel good from any angles, um, but I love your advice of, hey, don't be this person to reject yourself. Allow, be open to putting yourself out there and, and go from there. Exactly. So you've made a couple pivotal moments in your career into finding something that you love very much doing right today. Where do you see yourself going next and how do you continue to do that work to make sure you aren't confining to the labels that yourself or society gives to you? How, what's next for you? Um, so one of the things that I identified about myself, like, you know, during the period that I took to really introspect and understand my skills is, um, that was a very, very important moment of awakening for myself where, you know, I had to really, uh, because I, I was used to be this person who used to always look to community family for, you know, encouragement and words of encouragement, which I always received from my parents, but, uh, despite that, you have your doubts about, you know, everything as we discussed. So once I sort of claimed my set of, you know, skills and talents and what I want to do, um, which was to be in a position where, you know, my time is respected and, you know, I'm being valued for my efforts and I feel 
um, motivated and inspired to do my day to day. So that was the sort of um, picture of an ideal work situation I had in my head. So uh, once I start, started believing in my abilities, it made me easier to claim situations and be like, you know, this is a sort of connections and uh, career paths and you know, work and educational environments that I want to be a part of that is going to help me grow and thrive. So claiming these situations, you know, from a place of confidence and empowerment, um, that is something that, you know, I built for myself. And um, I do that with every, you know, sort of decision that I make in my day to day life. Um, and going forward in the future, that's how I see myself. I see myself in both personal and professional situations where, you know, I feel valued and I'm able to contribute a great deal um, out of, you know, enthusiasm and a love for doing what I do. Um, that's where I see myself. Yeah, I love that you mentioned taking some time to retrospect instead of always seeking kind of outside advice and opinion, you know, that's one of the first things that we do in our mentorship program in Women in Data is you write out your own yeah. life story and then you go through some exercises to get to know yourself because so yeah. often we look for those out answers outside of us, but no one, no one is living Definitely. in our body, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. really we have all those answers within inside of ourselves. And I really love what you mentioned there about then, not only when you do that retrospection and then get to know what you really want and who you are, but then having the power to claim it. And I think that is yeah. really important. And um, you're doing such a beautiful job of continuing down to break down those barriers and to claim your power. So thank you for being that example for us um, leading the way. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Well, this has been an inspiring conversation, but we always like to have some fun on the Data Bytes podcast. And to do that, I'd love to throw some rapid fire questions your way. Yes. <laughs> All right. So what song do you currently have on repeat? Uh, I have uh, La Ritournelle by Sébastien Tellier on repeat. That sounds gorgeous. I'm gonna, I may need you to write that one out so we can put that one in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, uh, happy to. Favorite place you've traveled? Uh, Paris, definitely. Very beautiful city, great for introspection as you've heard from my podcast just now. <laughs> Happiness is something you can create with um, patience, practice, and a lot of love. In the next five years, I hope to be thriving in a personal and professional work situations, knowing that my efforts are valued. To me, curiosity is... Um, something that's pivotal for learning. Um, if you're not curious, you're not learning. But at the same time, though, if you are curious about something long enough to confuse you, it's time to move on. <laughs> I like that advice. A very good advice for data professionals getting stuck in the analysis paralysis mode. So <laughs> I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Um, we will include your social links in the show notes, but what's the best way for people to reach out and get connected with you if they'd love to stay in touch and learn more? Uh, definitely through LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there. Um, and yeah, feel free to pop me a message over there and I'm happy to answer any of your questions and uh, yes, 
please feel free to to message me uh, regarding anything that you know you find any bits and bobs that you know you found from the podcast that helped you happy to chat about it wonderful well neha thank you so much again for coming on the data bites podcast this was a pleasure thank you very much and a big thank you to all our listeners for tuning in today and hearing these inspiring story. Remember to stay curious and keep learning, and we will talk to you next time. If you're looking for more resources to further your data career or find your tribe, we encourage you to become a member at womenindata.org. See you on the other side.